welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. So our discussion today is the second half of a two-part series on caregiving. If you recall in our initial conversation with LaToya Rucker, we spoke about what was involved in helping the patient through their cancer journey. So I thought, why not bring in the patient and get their perspective on caregiving? what it was like from their point of view. When you think of caregiving, you, you can't underestimate the value that this brings to the patient. So as we listen into this discussion, see if you can pick up on some tips that can help you on your journey. So today on our show, we have Annabelle Ruiz Blunt. She is a licensed cosmetologist, an entrepreneur, a business owner, mother of three, and a wonderful wife. Welcome to the show, Annabelle. <laughs> I would like to start this conversation from when you first got diagnosed with rhabdomyosarcoma. I remember getting that call from you when you were on the freeway. You remember that? Yeah. 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 So that, I was like, okay. But I think you being a... I think that that took place and you went there and then it kept you. So in your mind, I think what was going on, what was going on with you at that point in that time and your thought process? You know, I think that everybody kind of thinks like these type of things don't happen to me. This really can't be happening to me. So I still kind of felt like it wasn't that serious. Like this can't be real. This is not real. This is not real life. You know what I mean? Like, not me. Yeah. And then, you know, as more testing and, you know, more results came back and, you know, it turned out. Yeah. So what happened? Like, this can't happen to me. Like. I still believe that was going to be something minor. My doctor even thought maybe it's just lymphoma, which is kind of a straightforward diagnosis and a straightforward uh treatment plan and you know you're going to be okay kind of type thing she even told me her brother was going through it and, and and super worried but then I ended up going to the hospital and being admitted and they couldn't figure it out and the cancer wasn't identifying itself mm-hmm. and then it turned out to be something a little more complicated more rare in adults um, cancer called a rhabdomyosarcoma so you're like which what was the heck over is their head. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like over. They couldn't, we couldn't treat me there. It was too much for them. So that's when I was transferred to. Yeah. Which was the best thing I could have ever done. So in that process, right? So you're going, okay, you're in here. We don't know what's going on. They're coming back. It could be this. It could be that. At this point. How do you reach out for allies, right? Like, I me mean, at this point, you're going, okay, what the heck is happening here? At this point, start getting scared, you know? Starting to get scared, starting to get worried. Mm-hmm. They're telling you there's nothing they can do for you. You got to go somewhere else where they're more equipped to handle you, which is scary in itself just to hear someone say that to you. But it was hard. It was hard to, like, sit there and, make those phone calls or let people know and um, 
let them know that, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. You're in real trouble. Yeah. Are you kind of hoping you never have to make those folks? And for me, I can say, because I know you personally, right, and just the strength that you have, you know, you were so used to just doing things on your own. So to be in this vulnerable position, I can only imagine. And I think that I kind of learned the hard way you have to put all that aside. It's hard to be like independent and be self-sufficient and not be a whiner and not, you know, grow up in the household and we can't be a whiner or a crybaby and then you got to go and accept people's help you know people will always say to you if you need anything let me know you know just call and you're not gonna call you're not gonna ask them to come give you a ride or come sit with you through chemo like come on but i think that people that are going through something like this just need to make the call just let people sit there with you. And if they offer to give you a ride, take the ride. If they want to sit with you, let them sit with you. Because at first it does feel strange. It feels weird to accept that and be vulnerable and just let people be there for you when you're used to being there for other people, you know. It's It's your turn. It's your turn. And it's okay. It's okay to accept the help and it may not always be there, so when people are available to do it, accept it and take it and just be grateful. Would you say, like, dealing with something like this, you quickly realize it's going to take a team to come in, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have my team. People start off strong at first, you know, checking on you, calling and seeing how you're doing and this takes a while. I'm going in at a year and a half. People start to fall off. And so your team starts to, you know, get in place and they find their lanes that they're in and and hopefully they ride with you till the end, you know what I mean? Until you're done, until it's over. But, you know, when I was first diagnosed, I knew exactly. There were some people that I just knew would be there until the end as soon as I told them, you know, like you being one of them. You were one of the first people I called. I was coming home from my CT scan when I called you. I was on the freeway. I was, like, in shock um, when I first called you. And I knew the minute I told you that you weren't going anywhere. Like, once you knew you would be there. You know, it's always the same thing. Like, she wasn't going anywhere. There's no way. There's just no way. And then I've had some people that have surprised me that I didn't expect to care so much that have. So, yeah, once you get your team in order, you'll know, you know who's there and who's there till the end. Sure. Let me ask you, Latoya, so since we're talking about teams here, what was it like for you? when you received that that phone call from Annabelle? I could hear, it was a little scary, but 
just like she mentioned earlier, I was like, okay, you know, she did mention she didn't want to call me because she really didn't have anything to tell me, you know. She knew is that she had some form of cancer. I don't even think, you didn't even know the stage you were at yet, did you? I didn't know the stage. I didn't know the type. No, the, I didn't know yeah. And so I just knew it was cancer. Yeah. And so I knew it was a big deal, but I'm like, okay, let's go. Like just automatically I was like, okay, let's go. You know, nothing's going to happen to her. Nothing like immediately my mind went into protection mode strap my boots up like let's go anything that she needs and wants spiritually wise I'm just gonna pour it into her you know like I don't think I've cried until recently and what are we on a year and a half yeah a year and a half yeah like so for a whole year I've just been like Nothing's going to happen to her. Yeah. Nothing is going to happen to her. So it's powerful, right? I mean, because, you know, I was thinking one minute you, these are your girls you go to Vegas with, right? Right, Anna? These are your girls you go to Vegas with. These are your girls that you tell, like, you know, you go out and have fun with. And it's not like, you know, when you're looking for someone to, I'm using the word caregiver, right? With someone to come in and help out and be that person. You don't anticipate that being those girls, right? You don't ever anticipate ever having to have that. So what is it like to go from, oh, these are my girls to, oh, my God, I I need. It's funny that you say that because just the other night I texted her. That's the exact thing. I said that to her. I said, you know, how did we go from, being up all night, talking, doing all these things. How, how did we go from being up all night, you know, chopping it up, having conversations to being up all night in my hospital room waiting for me to get chemo? How did we go from that to that? You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, I'm like, God, I never thought that we would go from that to being up till 2, 3 in the morning, hanging out while I'm getting my chemo treatment sure laughing okay yeah still laughing it's still laughing finding so having a good time together but still the the circumstances are so much different you know what i mean like i said never in a million years do you ever think it happens to you right it happens to everybody else just not to you you know what i mean it could happen to anybody but not to you yeah you don't ever you don't don't see it coming you don't see it coming. There's no way to prepare for it. Um, like I said, this this is something that'll push you to your limit in every way. From physically, mentally, emotionally, it'll take you places spiritually you've never been. It'll take you places mentally you've never been, places you don't want to go. You can't explain it to anybody unless you've been through it. It's um, people are difficult, hard. It's an understatement. Like it's just. So when you think of like just caregiving, and I think that your team, I like that term. You know, you're caregiving your team. 
when you assembling this team? Sometimes the caregiving, or not even, I don't even want to call it caregiving. Mm-hmm. It's just your support system. Like it's just sitting there with you in the in the room. You know, she doesn't have to do anything. Like her presence alone, you know what I mean, was enough for me. Sometimes she would just bring her work, and she would work from my hospital room, and I would take a nap. We wouldn't say a word to each other, and that was okay. Yeah. I didn't care. Like, I was sleeping, I was watching TV, just her presence alone was enough for me. Was that the security? You know? Yeah, just that the security, just having somebody there, and, and it's her, you know what I mean? It's her. She's my person, so just to have her next to me was, was enough. Sometimes people don't, um, they'll say, oh, you know, she's really quiet. I don't know if she really wants me there. She doesn't have much to say. Well, you don't know how that person is feeling. Maybe they're feeling sick that day. Maybe they're tired that day. But they appreciate you being there. Believe me, they do. Sometimes your presence, your support, you're checking up on them, you're sending that text message, you stopping by and bringing them lunch, but I'll never forget those people. I'll never forget those times when people did those things for me. Absolutely. That stuff sticks. I'll never forget that stuff. You know, I really appreciate that. Through my years of experience in this in this field, you really start to see some amazing people and just humanity. It's easy to kind of, I don't want to say give up, but lose hope, right? And you go, man, you know, it's just, oh, it's just people are like this. But then when you're going through something and then these people emerge, right? I mean, like you just said, just being there is, is priceless, huh? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah, I have to remember the quote when the time actually comes for us to do this, but a Maya Angela quote, and I think it's something where, like, uh, you'll never forget that where somebody actually makes you feel or something to that degree, but, and it's so true. Like, you just won't forget how people make you feel, and the people make you feel loved, cared about, secure, like, you, you don't forget that stuff, you know, and you're appreciative, like, you know, I have had people that have dropped off lunch that have just, like, you know, weekly have sent me messages, emails have checked on me. I had people like you, people like Latoya that are part of my support team and that I just, I'm eternally grateful because to feel loved, to feel supported, it's so important. Yeah. Latoya, you know, you're listening to this. What was your thought process, Latoya, as you're coming in now and me? Anna is sitting here. She's expressing just sitting there was enough. Just being there. You know, what was your thought process as you would go through to go visit her or check on her or to find out what's happening with her? It's so interesting that you even, you asked the question that way because I don't think I ever, in a sense, wondered if she wanted me there and Annabelle chime in after I'm done 
but I know I'm that person. So I was just going to be there. I know I'm the strength mentally, physically, and spiritually. And whether she wanted me there or not, I felt like I need to cover her. That's your character. You're saying you knew mm-hmm. that, that about yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. I felt like she was right there, like riding shotgun with me, like, you know, the entire time. That's how it felt. You know, like the only time I can remember, like being able to like freely release, freely cry, like the first time it ever happened was with her. So she was like a a protector, a support, like she was that, you know. So like I said, just having her there, she didn't have to say one word to me. It was fine. I would just let her work. She sat there, like nap, I watched TV, it was fine. I'd go to my, you know, go see other doctors that I had appointments with. She'd sit there and wait for me. The captain would come, we would all have a good session with her. Like it just just her being there helped tremendously and now with this COVID thing going on and people having to go through treatment alone, I just can't imagine. I can't imagine having to do everything I went through alone. And my experience was a little more traumatic at the beginning because I was admitted for um, a month and a half in the hospital and there was just a lot going on. But even so, to go through an experience, uh, through this journey alone is, uh, is hard to imagine. So luckily, I didn't have to do it alone. Everyone else speaking now, they're alone. They're alone in the hospital. They're alone through treatment if they're admitted, if they're outpatient. Regardless, they're alone. I mean, there's times where I need to be wheeled in because I'm so weak and they won't let a family member wheel me in. They'll have to go get a team member of the hospital to come take me. They won't allow anybody into the facility mm-hmm. if you're not a patient. Unless you're a minor, like if you're a child and your parent needs to take you in, then they will allow it. But other than that, you're on your own. I can only imagine how overwhelming that is. Yeah. Not to mention this, just being diagnosed and and going through cancer, if that's not enough, now to go through this and not having the support. Mm -hmm. Alone. Yep. Yeah, it's intense. So that's why people do offer to help you, to drive you, to wait for you, to come back and get you, to sit with you afterwards, to just sit there. I would say allow it. Just let it happen. Be vulnerable. Um, take advantage of the help, of the caring, the loving support. Embrace it. Even though it may be hard to be vulnerable, to, to maybe even appear weak. Um, okay it's okay like don't wait till you're halfway through to accept it just someone offers to bring you lunch and you're tired take some lunch appreciate it and and I, I think what you're saying too is just you really you really get to embrace for the first time right I think a lot of us I think a lot of us and, and I know for sure you know, since I know you personally, I know how strong you are. Oh, it's, it's difficult. And I'm one of those people that to allow people to help you out. 
What is the beauty that you experience, that you felt when you go, my God, these people are doing or here for me and are supporting me and giving me just, it may not be a, a much that you're even asking for, but just to know that that support is there. How, what is that feeling like? Changed my life. Completely changed my life. And outpour of people, my clients, my friends, um, people that I didn't even like really, people that I didn't really like see anymore, that I was friends, you know what I mean? That a long time ago, even people like that still reach out and offer, but like I said, it still kind of feels weird. Well, if you need a ride, call me. And you're just like, oh, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, it, it does something to you to know that that many people care and that many people will reach out and want to be there and want to support you. It can't go unnoticed, you know what I mean? You can't just keep that under the rug or sound like it didn't happen. It, it did, and it, it, like I said, that kind of stuff sticks, and it means something to me, and it, it will forever. Sure. So, Toya, let me talk to you here. You coming in with this strength and this determination, of, you know, kind of talk to me a little bit about that and just how you were able to get through that and kind of navigate. I mean, that's a big role. She said you were in the driver's seat. You know, so talk to me about what it's like to be in the driver's seat. <laughs> it's so funny when things happen to you when you're young or you don't necessarily understand why you have to do them or you don't want to do them. And Annabelle, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but my dad used to take me and my brother to convalescent homes when we were young and we hated like we had to spend the weekends with him and it was like this is what we're doing going to convalescent homes speaking with people who had no visitors mm. like he we would walk in the hospital and he'd just be like okay bye because he had work to do and he'd be like you guys find your people <laughs> wow. you know yeah. Yep. And so he would take me in Frosty and he'd be like, okay, bye. Go find your people. Like, don't follow me. Go find your people. And we hated it. And then after a while, we, long story short, just got used to it, had our people. Some wouldn't be there anymore because they would pass. And then you would have to find someone else. So it's kind of like it's just already in me. It's already in me to be that way for people that I really care about. And Annabelle is one of those people. We've always had a connection and we've always been really good friends. And I care hard. I'm extremely loyal. And to me, that's what what that's about when you're friends. you got to be there. And I just made it my job to be there. I have friends. It goes back to, I understand if one of my friends are in trouble or needed my help, I know, I know how I'm going to respond. It's not even a question. I can just imagine what they're going through. And then my job 
my duty as a friend is just to come in and make them feel a certain type of way. Let them feel what they wanted to feel, but at the same time, not allowing them to stay in that that zone. So I say that to go back to you. You go from, hey, this is my girl and we're hanging out, right? I mean, never do you expect that you're going to be that friend that's going to be needed in something like this because, as Anna said, it's never going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to any of my friends. So to go from that to be like, no, I'm in a driver's seat, and and I can only imagine how how your mindset had to change. Absolutely, and it was so funny because some of my friends that don't know Annabelle at all, at all, they would be like, oh, what'd you do today? And I'd be like, oh, I was at the hospital. Or what'd you do yesterday at the hospital? What'd you do today at the hospital? And they'd be like, you know you don't have to be there. You know, a lot of people would tell me that, and I'm like, no, I have to be there. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be there to just help her process it. I wanted to be that person that she could just say anything. If she's mad, happy, angry. I wanted her to be able to process all those feelings and emotions, but I also knew I had the the ability to not let her stay there. And pretty much just treat her normal and talk about other things. Obviously, this is the reason why we're, you know, spending so much time together, but it gave us a chance to catch up and just talk about other stuff, talk about the kids, talk about what's going on with me. Yeah, it just, I wanted her to be able to go through it, but I didn't want her to just stay in a dark place. That was really important for me. Sure. That's a great point. That's a great point, LaToya. And Anna, I would say to you, you know, how important is it that everyone coming through that door to visit you, whether it be your family, your friends, that not always have that that topic on top of mind as far as it's, everyone coming in and that's all they want to talk about is the cancer. How important is it to talk about other things? Thankfully, there's Uber Eats and Grubhub and all that stuff. So we would order coffee and we would just talk about life, you know, past experiences, future experiences. We would just talk. So we got to catch up. We got to talk about other stuff. So my whole time when she was there wasn't like, let's dwell and talk about, this elephant in the room you know what I mean Mm -hmm. we would talk about other things and catch up and just laugh and we would just be laughing sometimes cracking up crying it was all kinds of stuff all kinds of emotions Mm -hmm. but it wasn't all about you know c-word it was about everything yeah so when people did come visit that's pretty much what what they came for and I think that a lot of times because I was able to process it I was in the hospital so long I was able to process it and take it all in and come to terms with it because you got to come to terms with it and accept it and know that you're going through this and you know it is what it is and there's only so much you can do there's only so much that's in your control so then after that after I took it all in and processed it and accepted it I was okay so people would come see me and I was like hey you know like I was in good spirits or I was feeling okay and they were a little bit surprised to see that I wasn't 
you know, I don't know. I don't know what they expected to see, but I wasn't sad, crying, or mm -hmm. sick looking, or, you know, that was just normal. Yeah. I think that did surprise people, and maybe that did help to stay off the topic and not just talk about that after I filled them in on what was going on. We could talk about other things besides that. Because it does get, like, hiring to explain over and over and over and over to everybody what's going on, what are the details, and how you're feeling. And it's like, oh, it's tedious. I have to explain to somebody over and over and over again. And I still have to do it. We'll <laughs> care. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You know what I mean? People just want to know how you're doing. So it's um, so important, you know, that I think for everyone listening in, I think it's important, you know, to hear this, to be like, caregiving is so much more than just or your support or your team. And the more and more I talk about it, it's just like, man, I, I love this. And we don't want to have a team and you don't have to always talk about elephant in the room or with the cancer or what it may be, or just life. There's so much more to, and it helps you keep your mind off of things. And, you know, as a caregiver, I heard Latoya, she's saying, Hey, you know what? I came in and, and I know what role I needed to play. And this is what I seen. And this is what I was able to do. I mean, it's important for those listening in and going, because a lot of people just don't know what to do, right? So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you, now you get your girl back, you know, or your person who in there on your team and keeping your mind occupied. Talk to me about maybe some of the plans that you care, you know, that helps also things to help you to look forward to. Well, obviously looking forward to being done with your treatment plan and, you know, just beating cancer and being done and getting back to your life. You plan on doing things with your family and your loved ones, just so you're getting your life back. You know what I mean? You're getting a second chance. You just want to appreciate the small moments, appreciate the big moments, appreciate pretty much every moment. Appreciate her just sitting there. I don't care. I even that again is good enough for me. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's powerful. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Now, the Annabelle before, okay, before this all happened, and her thought process and her mentality and her mindset, how is it different to the Annabelle today who I'm speaking with? There's just a whole other meaning, appreciation to to life. Like any little experience you appreciate, I appreciate it in a different light. My kids, my husband, my family, anything. Like I was telling you before, um, Latoya took me on drive down to the beach. And I had been in treatment and radiation five days a week and chemo one day a week. And it was intense. And I hadn't really been anywhere and I hadn't really seen anybody. And I had just the beginning of it all. So it was a few months of like really not leaving the house and just not being exposed to anything. And I had completed my treatment and she said, you know, let's, let's get a brunch together so you can see your friends and give them an update and let them know that you you finished your radiation, that's a big deal. It's a lot to be proud of, and let's do that. So she, you know, we 
the flow and we get in the car and she drives down by the beach and just to smell the ocean, the air, the, feeling the wind on my face. She had, you know, was playing good music. So the vibe was there and it was so beautiful to me. Like I couldn't even say one word because I had the biggest knot in my throat the entire time. So just so taken back by it. Living in California, like how many times did we drive by the beach? How many times did we just take that for granted, you know? Trying to be, to get it all the time. And something like that meant something. I'll never forget that part, right? Oh. Going to Disneyland with my kids and my family. When we live in California, we get Disneyland that's in our backyard. Now those moments to me are like priceless. My kids are so happy when they're there. We are all so happy when we're there. It's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> so to us, it's like a relief. We're all happy in that moment. I'm fine. Not sick. We're all happy. We're all having a good time. Those are just moments that are priceless. So things like that, I appreciate so much more. Virtually, I'm a different person. It's just can't go through this journey and not come out a different person. For the better, I would say. You're stronger, just changes you. Man, so powerful. You know, I, I, I was there with you right now. I was just sitting here just visualizing that journey you know, to the beach and the music. And, and just, it was so powerful. And so I would say to you then, what would you say? to those that are listening about going through this journey and having a team, a support group? For me, now looking back and realizing the importance of it, for me, it's everything. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I have to be in the hospital every time I get chemo for five days, which means I'm away from my family. I have two little ones a three-year-old and a four-year-old. I just couldn't imagine not having my mom and my sister help my poor husband hold it down while I'm gone and while I'm recovering and everything. But they step in and they help with my kids. They take care of them. Not only do they take care of them, but they love them. And they support them because they notice I'm gone. They go through whatever they go through in my family. My mom and my sister, you know, take care of them, love them, and show them affection. As a mom, that's so important to me because I don't have to worry about them being taken care of and loved while I'm gone. I mean, I have my extended family, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, who are constantly going to my blood bank and donating blood for me. So I always have my own supply of blood so whenever I need a transfusion right now I don't know if you know but there's a blood shortage and that's not a concern for me I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to get my transfusion on time whether um, it's there for me or not I always have my own supply stuff like that that I didn't even think about that just happened you know then I have people like you, my Kenny, my Latoya, my Kristen, uh, my Linda, the people that 
bring me up when I'm down. I just, and everybody just kind of fell into place. I didn't have to ask anybody to do any of these things for me. I didn't have to, you know, put the system together. Everyone wanted to help and everyone just kind of picked up a role. And um, when I'm in the hospital and being treated for my chemo or I'm recovering, I don't have to worry about anything. Not my kids being taken care of. Everything is worked out, and I just have to focus on um, on getting better. That's it. I just have to worry about me and getting my treatment and recovering and just making sure that mentally and physically I'm okay. And that's why it's so important because I have peace of mind. I don't have to worry about my babies or anything like that. And peace of mind is important, right? Especially when you're going through something like this, huh? No, oh, peace of mind is one of the most important things to hold on to and and keep um, physically, yeah, it's challenging, but mentally, I think, is where it gets hard. Mentally is the hard part. Physically, they give you a pill for almost anything. You know, nausea, there's pain medication, there's, there's a pill for almost any kind of a side effect that you're experiencing, but your mental being, your mental well-being, I think you have control of that. You need to make sure that you're in a good place, in a positive place, so that you are able to heal. And uh, stay focused on your journey and make sure that you get better. Yeah, positive, positive peace of mind, you know, the positivity, the mindset. You know, it gets overlooked sometimes. And sometimes the battle is in our own heads, you know. It's in that, they say that's, that's half the battle. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes your mind just gets a hold of you and just runs, mm. just runs. Takes you places you really didn't want to go. And you just have to make sure you're able to pull yourself out of that. Bring yourself out, shake it off, um, and get back to where you need to be. Get back to positive thinking and get back to your spiritual place. That's where you need to be so that you can heal and manifest all that. Yeah. Telling you, you know, a support team that can also help you with that piece too, right? It's like, it's so many things. You talk about how important it is and, and then you list everything that's happening and you go, Ooh, well, that's a part that, that's internal, you know, that you battle with inside. So that's, uh, it's also, it's also important to know someone on your team that knows what's going on inside your head. Would you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, there's people that pick up those roles and there's certain people that I am comfortable with just releasing that and, and inventing and, and getting whatever it is that I'm going through out. Sometimes I need to cry it out and, you know, and just experience what I'm feeling, whether it's fear or, you know, anger or whatever it is. Those are natural, natural emotions. And I need to experience them and have my moment, talk about it. And then I, I shake it off, you know, and then you move on. You've had your moment. You've had your cry. I just can't stay in that. I can't stay there. It's not where I belong. So. I do let myself feel what I need to feel that's natural. And then I, I move forward. 
It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for having me and letting me have this therapy with you, this therapy session. Ah, felt good. I want to thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Annabelle Ruiz Blunt and Latoya Rucker. Appreciate you guys so much for being on my show. And it's been amazing. Thank you, guys. So I just wanted to recap some of the things that were discussed in the uh, interview. And hopefully you can walk away with some of the gems. And there was quite a few. But just to give you three, the things that kind of popped out to me. One was that as a caregiver, you know, sometimes you don't know what to do if you're coming in on the scene to kind of help out and you don't know what to do or what to say. If you listen to the interview, Anna said, your presence is just enough, just being there. In fact, in some instances, no words are even necessary. It's just being there. And you think about what she said, how getting the support that you need is life-changing. And that can't go unnoticed, right? And so it's the simple things. Another point I hope you picked up on was that the appreciation changes, right? When you go through something like that, your appreciation changes. And a ride to the beach was just different, right? I mean, how many times that we go, whether it's a beach, whether it's a a walk, whatever it is that we have in our initial area, sometimes it's the simple things that make such a big deal in life after going through something like this. So remember that, you know, being able to appreciate some things that we've taken for granted when you look at them, whether it's out in a walk, fresh air, walk through the trails, sunset, whatever it may be that can bring appreciation and joy to you. And the last thing I wanted to point out was your mental. You know, you have to take control of your mind because if you don't, it will take you places you don't want to go. And so how true is that? That mind is a powerful thing. So to be able to steer it back, as it were, right, bring it back uh, to what's going on and being in the moment is so important. Having the right mental mindset in order to get through this. And so for caregivers, I hope that these tips are something that you can walk away with. For those that are on this cancer journey, I hope that you found some value in some of the things that were being discussed. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And until again, I'm out.